800-200-200. Good luck. Your home of the pans and the best pens coverage. WXDXFM, Pittsburgh. that WWE has been declared an essential business by the state of Florida. Somebody got paid off there. And part of me says it's ridiculous that both WWE and all elite wrestling are continuing to produce live shows during the pandemic, albeit in empty arenas. And I want to note that AEW has taped a bunch of shows in advance, so for now, they're not live. But maybe pro wrestling is showing us the way. Because WWE runs three live shows a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. WWE personnel travels in to do those shows, travels to the Performance Center in Florida, and they do so from all over the country. Some decline to go, and that's their right. The staff on hand at these events is absolutely minimal. And somehow, somehow COVID-19 is not running rampant through WWE. There's been like one case in the whole company. So either WWE is doing something incredibly right or lying. And I'm certainly not ruling out either. But at least pro wrestling isn't just tapping out and staying at home forever. We have nothing to fear but fear itself and no pro wrestling. If you just want to sit at home forever in front of your TV and your computer, well, guess what? You just made the list. The list brought to you by Matt Mertz Plumbing. Count on a name you can trust. Dial 412-367-0815 for all your plumbing needs. Uh, WWE does not live in its fears. And that is all the people need to know. Like I said earlier, there's a 99% chance you won't get coronavirus. There's a 99% chance you survive if you do. Once the curve flattens and the hospitals aren't overrun, and yeah, there's certain hot spots where things got to improve a lot. It's not today. It's not tomorrow. It's not next week. It may not even be next month. But I think you've got to shoot to get things cooking again by the end of May. That's what you've got to shoot for. And unless this thing spikes again, I think that's very reasonable. And that goes for sports, too. In empty arenas, yep. But it definitely goes for sports, too. Uh, as I talked about earlier, the PGA intends to resume on June 11th with a tournament in Fort Worth, Texas. Now, I've not uh, seen any details on that. And golf's a sport played in the wide open spaces. It's always been a model of sorts for social distancing. Are the golfers going to hump their own bags? 
Or will they, you know, walk down the fairway with their caddies as usual, six feet apart, I would think, but, but certainly handing clubs back and forth? Or would the golfers have to carry their own bags? And if they do, that puts the caddies out of work. And do you want that? I'm hoping that golf coming back starts the dominoes falling for the other sports. I'm not sure it will. Who knows what information to believe? There's one study from Harvard that says large gatherings won't be safe until 2022 at the earliest. But there's a study in Israel that says if you look at the places where COVID's hit the hardest, it peaks in approximately six weeks, then starts to fade two weeks after that. How do you know which study's correct? You know, if you do try to get some semblance of normalcy going at the end of May, early June, and then it spikes again, well, then you're in real trouble, but you can certainly pull back. And if somebody dies in that attempt, I don't know what to say about that. You'll obviously want to blame somebody, and that somebody's the president, but uh, if this keeps up like this forever, with everybody staying home and you're in front of the TV, in front of the computer, it will not have a good end for society if it lasts too long. It won't. And by by that, I mean things will get dicey. If we're not back to some semblance of normal by June, things are going to start to get dicey. And I want sports back. If that means I'm selfish and want people to die, you can say whatever you want about me. I want sports back. I don't have a family. I can't bond with my family at home. I can't get closer to my family at home. I don't give a screw about your family. I want sports back. And you know what? All this crap about we're in it together, nobody feels that way. If you do feel that way, you're lying to yourself and everybody else. We're not too far away where those real feelings come to the surface and everybody talks about what they want, what's best for them. Because that's what happens in situations like this. The longer you're in situations like this, the more the honesty will eventually bubble to the surface. So anyway, golf's coming back. I still won't watch it. Boring as frig. Then again, maybe I will because after the NFL draft, it's Death Valley for sports. And at some point, we're going to run out of virtues to signal. And I'm still predicting that when sports does want to resume, the players could be a problem because they're prima donnas, they're rich, and they're scared of their own shadow like most people are right now. They won't want to return without a vaccine. They won't want to return unless things are 100% safe. And that's okay. But if you don't want to play, find somebody who will and pay the guys who will. And I think then you'll be surprised how many of these athletes will get quarantined in a hotel during their season, at least for a while, and go from there. you got to do your job. Part of society surviving a pandemic and remaining a society is you got to do your job. And that goes for athletes as well as, you know, they're not as important as the essential workers, but there is a part of sports that is essential, or I wouldn't be doing this show despite sports being shut down, and we all wouldn't be clamoring for the return of sports. And those who say, well, sports aren't that important, well, then you don't like sports, and who gives a frig what you think? Or you do like sports, and you're just trying to say, I care more than you do. I care more than you do. And this is real talk. What I'm saying right now is real talk. Everything I've said this segment is real talk. Okay? Everybody else putting on a brave face, a phony front, we're all in this together. What I'm saying right now is real talk. And anybody out there 
who isn't lying to themselves knows that what I'm saying is real talk. Uh, especially the part about not watching golf, even if it is the only game in town. Uh, Korean Baseball League ready to start. Now, now here's what you got to do. They're in, they're in their version of spring training right now, and they take every player's temperature coming and going. And if a player has a temperature coming, they just don't practice that day. The players wear masks on the field. That way they don't have to hide their mouths with their glove when they talk. The economy's open in Korea. They figured it out. After being shut down last month like we are, they figured it out inside a month. Now, is that due to our lack of leadership and our lack of preparation? Probably. But that doesn't mean that this is all beyond us. At least I wouldn't think so. Ben Roethlisberger doing a nice thing. He bought a bunch of gift cards for businesses adjacent to his residence, gave them to his kids, and they ran around the neighborhood putting the gift cards in mailboxes. So there's your Steeler quarterback. It's his fault that Antonio Brown was a dink. Although if Antonio did that with his kids, he has a lot more kids. He could get a lot more done. 412-333-9939, the number to call. This is the Mark Madden Show. You like it, you love it, you want more of it. My God, are they still friggin' talking about Jameis Winston over there? No one wants to hear your life story. What do you want to say on my radio show? Hey, yo, Mike. Mark, how you doing? Call me Mike. DX at 105.9. I should probably give an update on the Zach Banner skirmish. I had a little uh, war on Twitter with him earlier today. He was going to appear on 970 with Crowley and Ewer. And he said, I'm going to be on a show with uh, two unathletic guys. Tune in and... I tweeted, well, I've seen you play. That makes three of you. And, of course, uh, football players can make a joke, but they can't take a joke. So he got pissed off, and it went back and forth. And uh, he said, I was the kind of guy that the star quarterback in high school made fun of. So I determined back then I would get even when I was a member of the media. Uh, Nothing could be further from the truth. I worked for the school paper in high school. I was friends with the star quarterback, a guy named Joe Mazza. In fact, his brother, Mark, uh, to this day, I see him. He works for Channel 11. And uh, I pointed that out, and Zach tweeted, quote, for the first time in your career, you're right. I wasn't the star quarterback. I was the five-star offensive tackle. Leave me alone, Mark. You don't want the smoke. (laughs) Don't want the smoke. Uh, Like I said to, to Banner in the last tweet of the exchange, you have zero chance about talking me. You were better off when you threatened to hit me, which, by the way, he did. He said he'd lay my ass out. Uh, quote, and for a five-star offensive tackle, you sure can't get on the field now, but you'll always have high school, and then comes the coup de gras. Was that five stars out of ten? Maybe more like five out of 15. Here's a, 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 a big load. Who all he is is big. From, from my perspective, he can't play. You know, he gets a pop from the crowd when he checks his, his eligible receiver. And he let that blow up his, his big head even more. That's the problem with social media. Guys who shouldn't be celebrities can imagine themselves into being celebrities. And that certainly applies to Zach Banner. And this year it's going to be even worse for him when he gets beat out by Chooks to start at right tackle when Chooks was a healthy scratch for 15 of 16 games last year. Uh, it, it, you know, and first off, people who think that, uh, the, the exchange between me and Banner was anything but a bloodbath that favored me, just like Zach Banner a little too much. 
And uh, guys like Woodley Sanders, we've all gone back and forth, and I've eviscerated all of them because I talk for a living. They play football for a living. If I got on the field, they'd do a lot better than me, but I do talk for a living, and they can't talk. You know, if, if, if Zach Banner had a brain, he'd be out playing catch with it. So that was that, and it was fun, but it's over, and uh, I win again. I'm not only undefeated in the streets, I'm undefeated in Twitter, and everyone knows that. Let's go to Larry. Larry on the Mark Madden Show. Super genius. You cracked me up. I love it. Hey, do you think my sports autographs are going to go up in value since we can't get but in six foot of these people going into the future? I got these Richie Hebners. I, I wonder how much they're going to go for in the future. <laughs> well, I don't think Richie Hebner signed too many new autographs. Uh, you know, he's an older gentleman now, and he's out of the public eye. I think what could go up in value is uh, if, like, a hot rookie comes into one of the leagues now, like, you know, be it hockey, basketball, football, baseball, whatever, and you can't get near him to get autographs, so there will be a low supply of those autographs, that guy's signatures from the get-go. Whereas, like, you know, uh, for example, Mario Lemieux, you know, you won't be able to get near him to get an autograph uh, now for a while anyway, but uh, there's so many Mario Lemieux autographs out there, I don't think there'll be an increase in value, using Mario for an example. So uh, that's a good point, though. I mean, and this will affect the autograph business because people ain't going to want to give them anymore. You'll have to buy them. They'll do, like, the private signing stuff. You get them by mail or online or whatever. All right, well, thank you for the call. Here's a story that's just gross. There's a German zoo that's going to have to slaughter animals to feed other animals. Although, uh, like Tim Ben says, the good news is once the animal rights people get a hold of it, forget about, you know, society being shut down. They'll move heaven and earth to get those animals saved, and uh, maybe that means people have to pay to go to the zoo. We can all get out of the house if only to go to the zoo, a zoo in Germany. 412-333-9939. Up next, going to be very exciting. My guest is going to be the... It is! A double M, big fan. I think there's a better chance of me and Selena Gomez being parents to triplets. The X at 105.9. Uh, Deadspin just posted a column criticizing Dr. Fauci because he says that sports leagues could be run in empty stadiums if the athletes were quarantined in hotels. If you brought all those people together, who knows what could... No, shut up. Shut up. Okay? He was the voice of reason until you disagreed with one thing he said. We need to pursue ways to get back to normalcy. Not today, not tomorrow. And if there's somebody we should listen to, it's Dr. Fauci, and you can't selectively trust him. You either trust him or you don't. But we're softer than baby crap. We won't get back to normal till no one in the world has coronavirus or even has a chance of getting it. We'll just settle for all the stuff that's been killing us for years and years. Joining me now from DKPittsburghSports.com, it's Serbian Reactionary. Dejan Kovacevic. Dejan, is Mel Kuyper Jr. nuts or what? Because the Steelers aren't drafting Jalen Hurts from Oklahoma or any other quarterback. Uh, I'll say something even more damning. Uh, he's lazy. That, that's a lazy piece of work. 
that when I saw that mock draft, and, and I had the same reaction everybody else did when he mentions Jalen Hurts, but then I, I looked at the actual article on ESPN and looked at his wording. That's somebody who sounds like he hasn't even watched football in the past year. Um, it, there, there was nothing about that that was connected to reality, uh, certainly not the Steelers' reality, and absolutely not to anything that the Steelers have said. Now, yeah, you know, Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert are, are going to do what a lot of teams' managements do, and that's they're going to throw out some misdirections, and they're not always going to be super honest about stuff. But I believe them when they say that they are behind Mason Rudolph. I really do, and and it's because not just because of what they've said, but also their actions. I, you know, I know you and I talked a lot at the time when it happened about Tomlin going on to ESPN and passionately defending Rudolph. You don't do that for a guy you're about to throw out to pasture. You know what I mean? You don't do that well, for some, I don't know. I you know, think he defended Rudolph uh, on a moral and social level as much as anything. But uh, but, but Jalen Hurts, if, if he did come in, he's not going to be the backup. Rookie, a rookie's no. not going to be the backup right away. And they're not no. going to bring in a guy for Ben the mentor when Ben's only concern is trying to make the most out of the time he has left. Now, I will say, the Steeler draft is always a crapshoot because I think what they need is obvious, but I bet they don't. Uh, they have a different way of looking at things quite often. They do, uh, but at the same time, they have a, a need at running back that they curiously didn't fill. Now, they still could. You know, Shady McCoy still exists. Uh, they, they still could get somebody else to supplement or to augment James Conner, who I think is going to be the starter almost unconditionally. That doesn't mean he'll get as many snaps. He's going to get protected. He's going to have support. Uh, but they're going to have other people that are available to him. They didn't go and get that. So they left themselves in the awkward and I'd argue unfortunate position where they have to take a running back. Now, to what you're saying, I can promise you this. If there is one of these wonderful wide receivers, and it's such a deep class of those, that they have their eye on, that they have circled as being special in their vision, they are not going to bypass that receiver for a lesser running back just because of running back need. That's where I see the Steelers lining up for this 49th overall pick more than anything else. Because, yeah, they do have some good wide receivers. They arguably have a couple who could even be way better than good over the course of time. But you never pass up that position because they can come in, uh, unlike Jalen Hurts, and make an immediate impact. And let's not forget, this is still all about Ben Roethlisberger. It just is. Uh, in 2020, as I just in said, it's about making the most of his yeah. uh, year right. or two or however long is left. Right. And, and if you want to think about stuff that's more future-based, like bolstering the, you know, the defensive line, offensive line, starting to recycle through that, you're going to have to do it in the third round and beyond. You're not going to do it with that first pick. That first pick, this you can take to the bank, is going to be somebody who's aimed at now. Well, uh, I think that you can narrow it down at least to this. Running back, wide receiver, edge rusher. Whoever is the best athlete available at one of those three positions will get taken. And you're probably kind of rolling your eyes at edge rusher like some I do. Am. But uh, they have, they <laughs> have no well, – Dejan, they have – well, hold on. Think how they think, though. They think defense is first. They, that, they may be the only team in the league – that still truly thinks that way, but they do. That's why they traded a first-round pick for Minka Fitzpatrick. They have no, no you're depth right, but the, the, at, uh, 
Let me finish. They have no depth at edge rusher besides Watt and Dupree, and they're not going to keep both Watt and Dupree. They'll sign Watt long-term, let Dupree go, so they need to bring in an eventual successor as well. Uh, They do. I don't know that they need to do that with this year's first pick. If there's something, you know, the draft that I always cite is, is, is one of my favorites for this example is the David DeCastro draft. They weren't looking for a guard. Uh, but DeCastro just kept falling and falling and falling, and they saw him now very obviously correctly as being uh, a legitimate star at that position. So they went that way. I think you could see a, a really a, a, an incredible exception in that regard if somebody were to fall. But Edge Rusher, don't forget about Ola. You know, Ola Denny is a guy who can get to the quarterback. Uh, he might not have the size. Uh, that you'd want at that position, and he might not be the guy who is going to take over at some point, uh, you know, for TJ or Bud or whatever. But is he a better player than Anthony Ciccolo, who held that role last season? I would argue that he is. So I, I don't know that the need is that strong at OLB. Uh, I'm, I'm still looking really hard at running back. Yeah, me too. So given that, give me a prediction. Who do you think they'll pick uh, with that number 49 pick? And uh, I've narrowed it down to three guys. If it's a running back, it'll be either uh, Taylor from Wisconsin, if he's there, uh, Edwards Elaire of LSU, if he's there, and my wide receiver's Pittman from Southern Cal. One of those three. Uh, I'll go for your last two, but Clyde Edwards Hilaire out of LSU screams Steeler to me. Uh, and he specifically screams uh, a Ben Roethlisberger type of Steeler because not only – uh, can he make plays uh, in the open field? He's elusive. He's not the biggest guy, but that doesn't really matter all that much at running back because um, he's not necessarily going to be bowling guys over. And the Steelers already have a couple of guys in that mold in Connor and Benny Snell. Uh, what he can do, arguably as well as any running back in the draft, is catch passes out of the backfield. Now, yes, he had Joe Burrow throwing him the ball, but he also made plays after he caught the passes. Uh, he picked up extra yards. He ran pristine routes for a running back. Uh, if that sounds a little bit like a, a, a version of Le'Veon Bell that's a couple inches shorter, so be it. But Ben knows how to work with that type of running back. I would love to see the Steelers end up with him. Yeah, uh, my only worry with getting him wouldn't be based on his ability. It's just I worry that he could come in and be typecast as a third down back. And if, if they draft him with that 49th pick, I'm not saying he should be given the job ahead of Connor, but he has to be given the opportunity to play more than just third down. No, that's fair, because what you don't want is to turn him into, and, and I say this respectfully to Jalen Samuels, where Jalen Samuels, you know, because he's really made something of himself for having basically crafted himself into a running back at the NFL level, uh, you don't want him to be somebody who, as soon as he steps onto the field, puts up a neon sign at the top of Mount Washington and says you're about to throw the ball. Uh, th- that wouldn't be fair to him either. I do think it would be in a supplemental role, though James Conner, to me, is going to be your starter almost unconditionally. Uh, but the other thing I like about Edwards Hilaire that we didn't mention, great history of holding on to the football. Great history of that. And that, again, puts him in the, very much into the Steeler mold. We're talking today, Sean Kovacevic. He's brought to you by Walnut Grill. Uh, and by the way, I went to Walnut Grill just last week and had a delicious salmon BLT, and I recommend it highly via takeout. Now, uh, here's one more Steeler question. 
Will James Conner and Juju Smith-Schuster be with the Steelers in 2021? What's your call with the future of those guys? Because they are headed to the last year of their entry contracts. Yeah, Juju will. I, I think you're going to see a bounce back season from him. I, you know, there's got to be some recognition on his end. And, and the the Juju that I spoke with in Baltimore after that last game uh, looked like he'd been hit by a car. Like I, I think that a lot of the things that that he'd gotten ahead of that other people on the outside had gotten ahead of in regards to him and his future in the NFL. And remember. You know, when he appeared in that commercial before the Super Bowl, all the greats of all time and everything, and here here he is going through an entire 2019 season where he's arguably the third best receiver on the team. Um, I think a lot of that would have made a, a real impact on him. We'll see. Uh, you know, James is in a different boat. James Conner just needs to stay on the field. If he stays on the field, and if that means... Well, he needs to stay on the field and play a bit better... And and not fumble. I mean, it's not like yeah, just staying I mean, healthy guarantees he's a Pro Bowl guy again. Yeah, except that when he did stay healthy, when he was on the field, he was that. You know, um, and I, I'm willing you know, to give you know, him he the played, benefit of the doubt in that regard. You know, he mm-hmm. did play ten games last year and never gained over 55 yards, except for one of them. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, I was there, but I also know that he got knocked out of a bunch of games too a- after he started them. So. Um, you know, that was going to hold those numbers down, too. And, look, I'm the last one to make uh, excuses or apologies for James getting hurt. He, he knows better than anybody he needs to stay on the field. Uh, I, if you, to answer your question, I do think it's, it's you know, that they're going to find a way to keep Juju. He's still so young. They're not going to let him go. But James Conner, I think, is going to have to play his way into an extension. Let me give you a Juju scenario. If Juju plays like he did last year, I don't think they want to keep him because that just wasn't good enough, and that would be two years in a row. I think if he has a good season, he'll want more money than they're willing to give him. Yeah, I mean, I could see that, but I also could see the I also could see him just stepping up and them saying, "We got to pay this guy." You know, I mean, he's he's still so young, Mark, that he can be part of whatever future you have here. You know, and, and you know. Um, whether that's, you know, with Ben at quarterback or even looking beyond, and I just don't think you let someone like that walk away uh, unless, you know, all kinds of bad things were to happen. But I, I'm not ready to forecast stuff like that. Uh, Dejan, let's turn to hockey for just a second. Uh, can hockey afford to run games in empty arenas like we hear about? Because the NHL depends so much on ticket revenue. It, it seems to me like that would be backbreaking financially if they would attempt that. And can they afford it in the literal sense, money-wise? I mean, the answer is, eh, you know, probably not. I don't know that it would break teams. I don't know it would break, uh, you know, the the league, certainly. What you're really talking about when you discuss this is the member teams. Um, but it gets complicated from there because networks pay, <laughs> you know, they pay a single fee to the entire league that's split evenly among thir- all 31 teams. Only 16 of them are competing in the playoffs. They're still splitting the revenue among all 31. You know what I mean? Uh, and there's no Correct. great revenue. And, and that's, that's, you know, we're getting into some weird territory. However, I also feel like that you as the commissioner of your sport have one priority in a situation like this beyond safety and all the other obligatory asterisks. And that's to award a championship in 2020. 
Uh, I don't think, and this is why I was bothered by early on Gary Bettman and Bill Daly talking about how all that matters is that you have an 82 game season for the 20 for the next season. No, you've got to you've got to make every attempt to make sure that the Stanley Cup is lifted somewhere by somebody in the calendar year 2020. Uh, if that I comes think that's a definitely true. I think whatever, for, you got to do it. I think for every league that started, it's more important to complete the current season, no matter how long mm-hmm. it takes, than it is to abandon that and start a new season. Because you never know, you could abandon this season, start the new one, the virus spikes again, or the vaccine's slow in coming through, and you have to abandon the second season. That's dumb. Yeah, within the context of sports, you you know you can't, and this is where the relationship comes with the players too. You can't take championship opportunities away from them lightly. Okay, I don't want to take a fourth Stanley Cup championship opportunity away from Sidney Crosby any more than I want to take another one away from Alexander Ovechkin or whoever. You know, the the championship matters the most in running a league. You have to make that the number one thing. Uh, at least the NHL has seemed to started to say the right things in that regard. Uh, that has to be their focus. I really don't care if next season is 82 games or 52 games. That doesn't interest me at all. Raising the cup this year does. It sounds like Trump really wants sports to return soon. He's been talking to the various commissioners. But will the athletes return without a vaccine? Because I'm not sure they'll want to be isolated in hotels. I just think there's going to be bickering between the league's owners, networks, and athletes before we resume. Well, you've said that, and last year I kind of snapped back on it, and then Clayton Kershaw pipes up yesterday saying that he's not interested in doing it. He's the most prominent guy, first of all, to bring it up. Now, I'll believe that when I see it. He's got a $31 million salary left. He's got a Hall of Fame career that he'd be setting aside because he'd be uncomfortable staying in a hotel for a couple months. Um, not not only not that, sure. Dejan, without baseball, Clayton Kershaw's nothing. He, he, he ceases to exist. What's he going to do, become a CEO of a major company? Maybe he could well, afford I mean, to buy that's, one. Well, that's what but, I'm but, saying. I, don't think, I think you're going to hear people the same way LeBron did. You'll recall right when this first started, LeBron saying, I'm not going to play a game in front of no fans. And then like the next day, he walks it back dramatically. And sometimes you're going to have people just say the first thing that comes to mind. And I think that's what Clayton Kershaw did. If you think he's going to walk away from getting what he gets paid like a hundred thousand dollars a pitch, he shouldn't care if he's making that pitch on Pluto, let alone you know in a posh hotel in Phoenix. Uh, I think he'll make it. So are, are players going to squawk about it? Yeah, and I think Kershaw is going to be another guy that's going to fit into that category. But I think they're ultimately going to show up and play. You know, what are their alternatives? No, I think there are some guys, like Garrett Cole and his wife are expecting in early June. I could see him, you know, staying with his wife through that and then for a while after and then <clears throat> picking up his career after that. But, but, I, but I will say this. If, if any league decides to play, you've got to show up to get paid. None of this crap, well, you know, it's not the conditions I signed. No, you play to get paid or you don't get paid. No, we, we used to see, or that was kind of the Roger Clemens thing, if you'll recall, late in his career, where he would just kind of show up halfway through the season and everybody was okay with it. Uh, you, I don't think that's going to be acceptable here, you know, and uh, if that means that, you know, Major League Baseball has to, you know, work out some kind of arrangement with the players' union, 
Uh, so be it. I, I honestly, Mark, I really don't think it's going to be that big an issue. When they're ready to play, they're going to play. Um, and, you know, to, to what Dr. Fauci said uh, and, and to what other people are talking about right now, I'm going to bring this up. Even though it's really remote, in South Korea, they're a week away from playing baseball. Okay? When people start seeing that, and then they start seeing golf, the PGA is going right, to be going. And if, I understand if, golf's easier If they can most. figure it out, why can't we, Right. Exactly. And that, that's what you're going to, you're just gradually, you're chipping away at the excuses and the fear and everything else. And it's gonna, just going to become, because right now that I, I, we're still in that phase and rightly so where everybody's going, oh my God, how can you even think about that? Well, because you have to think about it because you have to plan it. You have to scheme it. You know, you have to get people organized. It's not being insensitive. It's being real. And, and that's where this is going to go. I think Mark sooner rather than later. I really do. Uh, I, I tend to agree with that. I, I've heard some things that are kind of encouraging in that regard. The one, mm-hmm. the one sport I think is in trouble is college football because I think they said today they're going to have to wait till kids are on campus, till the students are back to have college sports. I'm not sure that's going to happen. Well, I think there's a shot, but I don't know about September. Well, take that across the board. Um, I think when we're, when we're having these discussions, we're talking about the major leagues and the pros. I don't think you're going to see minor leagues and colleges because uh, you start getting into all kinds of areas. You, know, you, were, you were saying earlier, and rightly so, how is the NHL going to pay for this? Okay, well, imagine how the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins would pay for it, or the Wheeling Nailers, you know what I mean, or the Altoona Curve. You're not going to pull it off. Those are just going to get lost. I really believe that, and I think the same thing applies for college, because now you're going to be getting into liability issues. They're not getting paid. They don't have a union. Uh, it's just a different world, you know? Uh, but with, with the pros, it's a much more controlled environment. It's a smaller world, but it's also got the unions and the legalities and, I might add, the funding to pull it off. Dejan, good stuff. We'll talk to you next week. All right, Mark. Take care. That's Dejan Kovacevic. Check out DKPittsburghSports.com, and he's brought to you by my good friends at Walnut Grill. Uh, just heard this today. Uh, I'm not sure if this happened today or yesterday, but uh, – Paul Zolak passed away, and he was the father of uh, Scott Zolak, quarterback from Ringgold High School who who played uh, in the NFL for New England specifically. He's now a radio host in New England. And uh, I knew Mr. Zolak when he was the athletic director at Ringgold High School, and I covered high school sports for the Post-Gazette. I worked with him on, on many occasions. He He's a top guy. I, I really like Mr. Zolak, and he will be missed, so... Uh, Paul Zolak, Big Paul, RIP. It's time to ask Mark anything. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. It's the... Super excited to be calling you right now. He's brittle. He's a mind. He's not an R. He's a brain. He's not a body. The X at 105.9. All right, time to ask Mark anything. Now, 412-333-WXDX. Brought to you by our friends at the Pittsburgh Penguins. As soon as tickets are available, check out PittsburghPenguins.com. In fact, check it out anyway because they got a lot of good content on there despite the NHL season being uh, currently suspended. Uh, let's talk to Matt. Matt, ask Mark anything. Hey, how's it going? Good. What is, what is your What is your opinion on the, the cuts that WWE decided to make? I mean, I know a lot of them were like a long time coming, but some of them were really surprising. Like, especially with uh, I think I think it was rotten. I think the timing is just rotten. 
first off, the producers, guys like Fit Finley and Billy Kidman, Lance Storm, yeah, the guys but... I know, Hurricane Helms, they were furloughed, which means they can be brought back. I I think they keep That's their good. benefits because they're employees of the company. Uh, I think. Yeah. I'm not sure. But but to cut all those guys uh, is it it just yeah. it's totally insensitive. Give it, let me talk. Did you want me to talk or do you want to answer your own effing question? I'm sorry. Now, goodbye. I'm, I'm through with you. Uh, which sucks about McMahon, and he fired like, it seems like 50 or more people. Mike Kyoto, who's been a referee there for like 20 years or more, maybe 30, uh, to fire them now in the middle of the pandemic when the company's still making tons of money, their profit margin is huge because the TV deal, to cut them all now when they can't sign with another company because AEW and Ring of Honor won't be hiring, and when there are no indie shows to work, it's just totally insensitive. And McMahon didn't need to do that. He did it because he could. He did it because he's a prick. That's the only way I can put it. That's the only reason Vince McMahon fired all those people today, period. And one guy I want to point out, Fit Finley, who I worked with in WCW, great performer in the ring, but he produced all the women's stuff. He taught those women what to do, and he helped lay out their matches. And he's the biggest reason that women's division is so good. And with him gone, boy, there's a lot of performers that need their hand held to be good up there. Only a few don't, in fact. Charlotte, Sasha, Bailey, Becky, they can get by, but it won't be as good, even with those people, without fit. So um, fairly well to fit, at least temporarily. But, boy, if I'm AEW, the minute I get money to – Hire, I hire Fit Finley, and I use him to lure some better women in and get their women's division where it should be. Let's go to Nancy. Nancy, ask Mark anything. Hi, Mark. Hi, Nancy. Hi, I have a question. It's from about 20 years ago. You used to do uh, shows at Damon's Girl in Fox Chapel, and I've heard you talk I used to do my. Uh, like I used ribs. to do my broadcast from there. That's correct. Yes, you did. Yes. I was a server there, and then I went into the man- management team there. But I've heard you talk before okay. that you didn't like ribs. So I was wondering what your favorite meal at Damon's Grill was. Uh, I- I'm not a big ribs fan, and, boy, there aren't any Damon's around and haven't been for quite a few years. I, I-, yeah. I- forget what I got. I, I probably got something <laughs> like a chicken salad. Or did they have wings? Mm-hmm. We did. We had, like, Maybe I had wings but then- for, like, appetizers. Yeah, that's such a long time ago. That's probably what I got. Let's go to Jax. Jax, ask Mark anything. Double M, what up, man? What up, man? Hey, bud, just ask. We were talking about this for years, and I just wanted to see your thoughts or opinions on about Mike Lang uh, possibly doing a play-by-play live broadcast while we're at the arena. I think that would add excellent excitement, show some honor to him while we still have him around, and uh just your thoughts on what the what do you mean? What, what do you mean? What, what, no, shut up. Shut up. Shut up. God, goodbye. Why is everybody talking today? Why is everybody talking over me? You call and you ask a question and you answer your own question. Shut up. Ask your question and shut up. Mike Lang still does play-by-play. He does all the home games. I'm not sure what you're suggesting. To, like, have him do live play-by-play for, like, the replay of a game? That's just dumb. It's just dumb. Hockey's going to be back. Mike's going to be back, hopefully sooner, not later. Let's go to Warren. Warren, ask Mark anything. 
Hey, Mark, we both grew up about the same time, and I know you're a big soccer fan, but I never hear you talk about the good old days of the major indoor soccer league with the Pittsburgh Spirit. I talk about the Pittsburgh Spirit all the time. All the time. I listen every day. Well, then you you must not be that bright or have bad hearing. Let's go to Aaron. Aaron, ask Mark anything. What up, man? What up, man? Okay, uh, who is the greatest Pittsburgh athlete of all time? And uh, well, Antonio Mario Lemieux. Find a team. Okay, Mario Lemieux. AB, do you think AB will find? Nope. A team goodbye. Nope. He sucks, and you suck. Everybody likes everybody that ever liked AB in this town is a mark, and you suck. Let's go to Jason. Ask Mark anything. Hey, Mark, uh, just a question. If you like the movies Braveheart and the Patriots, two Mel Gibson movies, and if so, which did you like better? Uh, I've never seen Braveheart. What other movie did you mention? Uh, the Patriots. Never saw The Patriot either. But based on what I, I have seen, no, I, I, liked, I, I never saw the Mad Max movies either with Mel Gibson. I'm not really a fan except for the, uh, uh, the Lethal Weapon series. I liked all of those. Even the bad ones were pretty good. Okay, you know what Mel Gibson's pretty good in that I that I saw recently? I saw part of it. I'm going to watch the whole thing. What's that movie, Stepdad? Oh, Daddy's Home with Wahlberg yeah, and Will Ferrell. Yeah, Mel Gibson plays uh, Mark Wahlberg's uh, dad, and he's really funny. Really funny. Yeah, both of those thank are you for good the movies. Call. The first- I, thank you. For the, I, I am not among those who thought that, that Mel Gibson should be fired forever, you know, canceled because he, you know, did some obviously dumb and, and, and hateful things. But, you know, I, I remember when the world used to be about second chances, and now it's about cancel culture. We're just so, so hateful now. As much as I give people a hard time, I would never begrudge anybody a second chance, regardless almost of having done anything except murder. Murder, you don't get a second chance. Although OJ did. Hit the music. All right, we'll do this again tomorrow. Sounds exciting, doesn't it? It's okay to want sports back. It really is.